Today we do celebrate family in one sense as we uh, celebrate our mothers, the great women in our lives. You know, the Bible, to one extent, is a great storybook. Now, I do not mean that in the sense that it's a book filled of make-believe tales and myths. But it is a storybook. It is a story of God's love, His faithfulness, and God's providential care. And one of the ways that God tells us about His love and faithfulness and His providential care is that He demonstrates those things through the lives of people whose stories are told in the Bible. And we know when we read the story of Abraham or we read the story of, of Jacob and Joseph or the story of Sarah or the story of Ruth or the story of New Testament people like Paul and Peter and James and John, when we read those stories, it's not all about them. It's about God. It's about how God worked through their lives. And even though the Bible has been complete for many centuries, I believe God still works through the lives of people, don't you? I mean, he's worked through your life, hasn't he? And so when we tell our story, a story of faith, a story of our journey with Jesus, it is a story about God and how he's worked through our lives. This morning, I want to tell you a story. And it's a story about my mom. And I have struggled with this message some this week because I did not want it to appear as though this is just about mom. Although moms will be happy to know that we are in love with you, and we thank God for you, and we appreciate everything you've done for us. And as I tell mom's story this morning, I believe it could very well be your story. It's a story of faith, it's a story of God's love, and a story of God's providence. Mom's name was Christine Edwards Cannon. And as I tell her story this morning, I'll just hit some high points, but these are not just words about Mom. These are going to also include some words from Mom. Now, Mom was a preacher's wife, and she would be astounded this morning if I should happen to call this message a message from Mom. But before I finish, you will hear her words, and I think they will speak to all of us, and especially they will speak to the hearts of mothers. There is a biblical mandate for this message today. It's found in Exodus chapter 20. It is repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5. It is expanded in Ephesians chapter 6. And from that passage, verse 1 through 3, we have these words. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, that it may be, this is the first commandment with promise, Paul tells us. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with promise, and here is the promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. So, the very thing that kind of prompted 
this message today was a book I received in the mail just a few weeks ago. It is entitled, A Legacy of Hope. And I hold it up for you to realize that this book is about celebrating 100 years of service from the Potter Children's Home and School in Bowling Green, Kentucky. This place was my mom's home from 1929 to 1941. To my knowledge, it is the oldest children's home supported by Churches of Christ. It began in 1914. It began on the campus of what was originally called Potter Bible School, headed by James A. Harding and R.C. Bell and other great Bible teachers. For about 14 years, the college existed and trained ministers and students in living uh, the Christian faith. When the school had to come to an end, the family who had donated this farm and this property decided they would continue it on in honor of their deceased son who died following the Spanish-American War, and it would be devoted to the care of children. My mom, Chris Cannon, moved to live at this place in 1929. And this is her story. I begin this story today with red roses. Red roses. There was a time, and I think the custom has just about died. There was a time when on Mother's Day, which we in America have celebrated since 1914, when if you, your mother was still living, you would wear a red rose on Mother's Day, and if she was deceased, you would wear a white rose. My mother loved that tradition. And that's why I start today with red roses. I'm going to be sharing with you this morning some reflections that I've written uh, over the years, and I will be reading them to you. I'll be sharing them not only from my memory and my heart, but from specific words on a printed page. When I was a boy, Mom always pinned a red rose on me on Mother's Day. I well remember she would place three red roses on the kitchen table for her three sons, and every year she would remind us of how fortunate we were to have a mother. We already knew that, but frankly, we weren't that excited about wearing a red rose or any other flower for that matter. And so today on this Mother's Day, I'm thinking of mom. She's been gone for nine years, and I think of her quite often. Mom was conservative in her ways. Mom was strict in her beliefs. Mom was loyal to her family and mom was always faithful to her Lord. And in many ways, I am today what I am because of mom. Mom was always there to encourage, to strengthen, to support, and especially in my days as a preacher, the last five years of her life, she sat in a pew about right there, on Sunday morning in Texarkana, and after every service, even though she had heard my dad preach for 56 years, 
she would come by and tell me, I think that's the best sermon I ever heard. Now I have to tell you, Mom suffered a little dementia <laughs> in her last days, but I believed every time she told me that, that she really meant it from her heart. And so today, this morning early, I went out and I cut a red rose. Mom is not living physically, but she's living in my heart. And today, I wear a red rose in her honor. So kids, if your mom should decide that she's going to uh, adopt this custom or tradition once again in your family, don't argue with her and don't fuss with her about wearing a flower on Mother's Day. Be glad that you can wear a red rose. Mom's story, I think, is the story of God's providential care. And as I tell you a few things about her, perhaps you can see that thread through her life. She was just a little girl, barely five years old, when both of her parents died. And if it had not been for Potter's Orphan's Home in Bowling Green, Kentucky, who knows which direction her life would have taken. She was in her early teens when a Christian foster parents in upstate New York brought her into their home and provided for her a place of security and love, and they nurtured her faith in the Lord. Eventually, Mom stepped out on the sidewalk of Harding College with only a suitcase full of clothes to her name, and how this came about, God only knows. That first week of college, she met a young Christian man who would eventually ask her to be his wife. She married the young minister and together they raised a family and they shared nearly six decades of marriage and ministry. As a Christian widow, when I wrote these words, I could tell that her life had come full circle. She was independent in her childhood and she was independent in her days of retirement. Mom never, never rode on an airplane she was never on a luxury cruise. She never experienced the pleasure of an extended vacation. She never had a credit card, never owned a cell phone, never had a computer. She had very few worries, but she had a whole lot of faith in the Lord, and the Lord never let her down. At every major turning point in her life, from abandonment in childhood to life-threatening illnesses in the sunset years, the loving, guiding hand of the Lord was always obvious. How do I know this much about this great Christian woman? Well, she was my mom. And she told me her story over and over again. And throughout my life, I was able to observe God's guiding, providential hand in her life. Mom had a saying, and I believe it was her guiding principle. And that saying was, my life is in the Lord's hands. About three months before Mom passed away in 2009, she was asked by some ladies at the Walnut Church in Texarkana to write an article. And the title of that article was to be, 
what I have learned. And mom said, I don't know how to write an article. And so I interviewed her and very quickly asked her a series of questions. And here's the result of what mom said she had learned in her nearly 85 years of life. She said, life is a great teacher. And the longer I live, the more I learn from life. And here are a few things that life has taught me. Here's mom's message to the women, the girls, the mothers, the wives, the grandmothers in our church today. One, she says, as a small child, I learned the value of having parents because I became an orphan at age five when both of my parents died. As a foster child, I learned how important it was to have a loving Christian family who provided for my needs. As a college student at Harding College, I learned to be independent and to do for myself. And as a friend, I learned in order to have friends, one must be a friend, loyal and true. As a wife of 55 years, I learned to love my husband and to be submissive to him. And as a preacher's wife, I learned to just be myself and to support my husband. As a mother and as a Meemaw, I learned to love and care for my three sons, my four grandchildren, my eight great-grandchildren, and be there for them. And as a widow, I have learned to accept the changes that come with life regardless of how difficult they may be. Mom said, I have been a Christian since 1936, and at that time, that was 72 years. She said, I was baptized by Ben F. Taylor at the downtown congregation in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and she remembered that that night, that Sunday night, six girls from Potter's Orphan's Home were baptized into Christ. And here is her quote. Through it all, God has been good to me and he has taken care of me. And through it all, my life has been in the Lord's hands. My favorite scripture is Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. My two brothers and I were privileged to care for our mother in the last few months of her life. It was our honor to sit with her and feed her and comb her hair and comfort her and pray with her. We were faced with some tough decisions and we always assured mom that we were doing the best we could for her. And every time we were with her, we held her hands. As I caressed mom's hands, I thought of the tender care they had given us over the years. Mom's hands had bathed us, clothed us, fed us, and on occasion, they had even disciplined us. But they had also pointed us in the right direction in life towards God. And so the soft, tender touch of mom's hands spoke of nearly 85 years of gentle caring love. And just a few, year, a few hours before mom went to be with the Lord, I was holding her hands. Mom was very weak and did not appear to be conscious. 
Her hands were limp and lifeless. And I gently patted her hands and I told her I was going to leave for a while, but I would be back soon. And immediately, Mom grasped my hand with a firm grip and she would not let go. For about 15 minutes, she held on tightly and then she released me. And I knew then it was Mom's last goodbye. And when mom turned loose of my hands, I could almost hear her singing with blessed assurance. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Would you bow with me for scripture and for prayer as we close this message? Who can find a virtuous woman? For her worth is far above rubies. Her children rise Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Father, this day, we are so grateful for the mothers that you have given us. We know that your word says that children are a gift from the Lord. I believe also that parents are a gift from the Lord. And we thank you for giving us our moms and our dads. We thank you for their, their faithfulness, for their example of living Christ before us. We thank you for the way they consistently walked the walk and lived a life of faith. We are thankful that they have passed on to many of us from one generation to the next the story of Jesus and the message of his salvation and his death on the cross. We're thankful, Father, that for some of us, we know that they have joined that great cloud of witnesses, and they look on as we attempt to run the race. And on days when we falter and when we grow weary, we can hear them cheering us on to be faithful and to keep on keeping on. So we thank you this day for godly people who have influenced us. And if we were fortunate enough to have a Christian father and a Christian mom, God, we thank you so much for that. And we pray that we will be faithful to our calling so that one of these days, when we all get to heaven, we will rejoice with God's family through the ages and we will praise your name forever and forever. In the name of Christ, we pray.
Amen. Mark's going to lead us in a song and encourage people to think about how God's word touches your life today, the changes that you need to make and the direction you need to be traveling. And for those of you who have come to be with us as guests today, I know you're sitting as families and we honor that. We're so thankful that you chose to be a part of this worship service this morning. And if we can assist you in a spiritual way, we encourage you to come now as we stand and sing. 